1: To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, this is Dr. Drew, and you are listening to This Life with Bob Floyd and Doctor Drew. Here we are. Hey, welcome to another episode of This Life Podcast. Bobby is coming in. Bobby you there.
0: I'm right here in the car. I'm going as fast as I can on the Pike Freeway, Doctor Drew. You'll
1: be safe, my friend. This is, but this is this the perfect is life. This is the perfect. I know this is this. Literally, this life is like like <laughs> it drops into this life, and uh, we just uh, p- turn on the microphones. But here's the deal, Bob. I'm going to put you on hold for a few minutes. I know you're. I want you to concentrate on driving in here. We'll Be here in a few minutes. But we we welcome command performance from Doctor Bruce Heishober because it was so popular last yeah. time, and for two reasons. One, we just had this horrible tragedy in Orlando, and Bruce was in San Bernardino during that whole mess, and I want to talk to him. We didn't touch on it last time. I want to talk about that, and then we're going to get back into the opioid issue uh, in the on the heels of the Prince death, okay? Perfect,
0: perfect, all right, perfect. All right. all
1: right, we're going to put you on hold. We go, may go back to you in a few minutes, and uh, just keep listening, Bobby, and everybody else keep listening, too. Uh, so... Welcome back, Bruce. Thank you. Great yeah. to be here. Dr. Bruce, Dr. Spaz, whatever you want yes. to be called now. Um, Dr. We'll answer to anything, basically. <laughs> what is that? Where did that
2: Dr. Spaz thing come from, anyway? Uh, it has to do with when Adam Carolla's evil eyes are glaring at me, I tend to- Get nervous? Uh, well, I'll oh, <laughs> I think I have a an- no, a no or some, some sort of neurology. I can, I can know something. And yeah, it's, and if I say it to him, it's like I'll, I'll say, well, there's this kind of crankshaft and it's, it's called aging. New. It's called
1: aging. I have the same. No, thing. but i this 20 years. That's when he started doing but Here's it. what I get now if I don't concentrate on every word he says, and if I ask him, if I, if I sort of query what he's just said, he just starts screaming at me, like, what did I just say? What did I say? I go i I understand you said something I want to make sure I'm clear on what it is you're saying because oh. sometimes he he says stuff that's sort of like did I right hear that right and he cannot tolerate any anything because it's not it implies the possibility that there wasn't ex- exquisite focus on every pearl that dropped from his mouth oh. like that. <laughs> so okay So That's a good okay, enough about Adam right, let's move right. on yeah. so you were in San Bernardino during the thanks Mr. well producer. I was called into the first of all my
2: son's school borders the property borders on the property oh of, my that, God. of the apartment complex Yeah, where the guy where the where couple, the couple was. right and so I'm so he's the school is put on lockdown then we go and pick up the kid take him home and a friend who has connections to the police department called and said hey they there's some sort of a chase originating, and it was the corner of my son's school. So that was disconcerting. And then he gets home, and we're sitting watching TV, and there are uh, all kinds of mechanized police vehicles driving by, and, and, and fire trucks. And I'm wondering, what the heck's going on? Because at that time, it was supposed to be in San Bernardino. So ended up call, getting called back into the ER. Uh, one patient, we ended up just getting one or two patients, and the woman that I, it wasn't my patient, but saw us dealing with, yeah. was shot. In the leg. Ugh. Ah, thank you. And she needed a vascular did, surgeon and orthopedist and, and all that stuff. And was admitted. And, did yeah, it okay? But she did fine. Yep. It, an interesting anecdote. Uh, several days later, the son came through the emergency department, and there was a Jordanian family who had a tragic situation with their kid, their 19-year-old who overdosed. And the son of this person became very irate at somebody being Middle Eastern. And, oh. And it's just, you know, unfortunately, I think it's it's emblematic of, of what goes on now with oh, this horrible tragedy today and, you know, uh, the lesson. Uh, you, you just can't generalize to all Muslims. And, no, and, uh,
1: and I, but I think we're animals that talk. You know, we're absolutely. monkeys that talk, and then we go into these primitive modes when Lizard we've been brain. threatened. Yeah, and um, so we're talking, of course, about the Orlando tragedy. It's Gay Pride weekend. It uh, was there partying at night, and this guy walks in and just kills, at this point, 50 people, and it's... Um, Heartbreaking, and uh, it it makes me, I don't know. I have a really weird reaction to this. It makes me want to double down on what it is we have to offer in the West. You know what I mean? I mean, when I think to myself, what do we do? What do we do? What do we do? I mean, it's easy to go, well, guns, uh I, I think that's too simple an answer. I think because you you got to ask. I, I'm I'm all over the place here, obviously. L- let me ask you, what do you do with this? With with how do you how do you deal with these people? Pro- that's okay. Well, I think this
2: where democracy comes in, and the exp- and listening to the, right now it just sort of all piggybacks on the political situation. Where mm. I, I, well, it, just the response. Here, here's people what I are, hear. I just listen to the news, and I hear it's sort of liberal, hear, conservative. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm
1: I'm in the middle somewhere. I'm me too. I'm an I'm independent. Frustrated. Yeah, no, I'm an independent. I'm feeling frustrated. But but here's what I'm starting to think is that. So let's take that kid that shot up, and he's a he's 29-year-old. Born so. in New York. Born in New York, New Yorker of descent. Uh, right. Who knows what trauma was transmitted through his family. That, that country has been traumatized multiple generations, so some trauma may have gotten through. He may have had some personality issues. He may have been depressed. None of that matters <laughs> right. at all, right? And so I heard a lot of people saying, well, we should meet people like that with love. And I heard some of the city officials saying that. I go, oh really? Well, why don't you meet, Why do we meet the Nazis with that too? Yeah. That, well, how would that have worked? The point being that these people, of course, there must be some liability in this kid that he's overtaken by this ideology, Erratic, right? Radical. Yeah, he radicalizes. There's something wrong with him. Right. He would, it would respond to mental health interventions, but it's not a mental health problem. No, it's a sociological problem that he becomes fodder he becomes fertile soil for that ideology to take in so my thinking is well they're offering something that people like that want and need and respond to we better offer something better and right now we don't we don't offer a lot of hope the economics are a mess we don't give them good jobs i mean i I just think to myself well what are we what are we offering that what they offer that we don't well Eternal salvation and virgins and, and all this stuff, and it's like if you're not quite all well, that might be something you find appealing, as opposed to what do we have here? What what are we giving them here? Maybe stay a security guard for a while. You right. know what I mean? What, one of the therapists in our drug treatment program
2: is interested in the in the death rate in what is it? White American males. Yeah, looking that's at the, the suicide rate and the drug suicide use, suicide drugs. So is there a segue between?
1: What he's found, and sort of the vacuum of meaning in our lives, yes, Western society. yes, and and I and Bobby, I want to get you in on this. Bobby, you hear what I'm saying here. Do you agree?
0: Yeah, no, I'm right with you. There's a lot of hopelessness in young people in America, and Americans don't want to acknowledge it.
1: Right, and so we are not offering any a good alternative. So the monkeys the talk. Well,
0: they're because... also they're also offering narcissistic exclamation point satisfaction.
1: I, I get which it. Which I think the kid is.
0: Uh, the kid is exposed to fame and money and all of that America is that they don't have access to, you know, that, that's one thing I think that goes with even the non, let's just get religion out of it. The Virginia tech shooting was the second highest. That kid was just trying to get even with a bunch of kids that bullied him. And yeah, same, but he was, he, he was psychotic. Thing. He was saying like
1: right. he was a fluidly <laughs> psychotic though. He was in a manic psychosis and that's, Yes, there may have been some well, circumstances that came to bear, but it's very different than this one. This is, this is, is the, These are the people that pick up arms and do you stuff. Know,
0: you know what's weird about fluidly psychotic in the world that we live in, the psych world? The judge will say, did he go to a store? Did he buy ammunition? Did he buy a gun? Yeah, I understand, yeah, but that's... Before? I, I, he, yeah, You know what I mean? So yeah, but, we, people don't know what we're talking about when we say people are psychotic, because the law doesn't even have an accurate portrayal of what psychotic is.
1: Well, they, they differentiate between legally insane and the kinds of insanity we talk about. But but uh, listen.
0: By, by my estimation, we have a million young people that are susceptible to this thing. What are we going to do about
1: it? All right. So you have you have an idea? And, We're going to go around the room. Do you have an idea?
0: No, I'm looking to the doctors. Okay. Tell me, All right. Doctors. Put Bobby on hold.
1: Put Bobby on hold. <laughs> do you have any ideas? Well, I you know, I'm Christian and I have a belief system. It's not radical. Okay. And I know we t- So a faith based something. So so we need we need we need help from the faith community. S- something more to believe in. I think there's so much immediate gratification, yeah. internet based gratification. Yeah. Something I just more watch to kids. believe in. Just stay more. right there. Right. Something okay. more to believe in. I think that's exactly right. And what have we always done in the past? What made men go to war in the nineteen forties? Right? I mean what made we we believe we were defending something right. important. Love of country. In yeah, and and I think The words value and virtue have come out of my mouth a ton in the last like two weeks. And I've been listening to myself. Where do those words come from? I haven't spoken those words ever. And those words are coming out of my mouth. So we need to sort of re-entrench in what we value. We need to develop virtue and value that. And then there needs to be some sort of faith-based help, something. Right. Right. Well, I would agree. Yeah. And and so I think – and that's what the West has always offered. It's always offered value and virtue and, and, and sort of something that you can achieve that isn't about the immediate gratification. Right. right. I mean, back to the Greeks. Right. Virtue, 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 virtue. That's what they talked about. I, somehow we need to make that appealing. <laughs> we need to market that. Right. No? Yeah, no, I agree. I, I just look at
2: the lone wolf. Uh, scenario becomes so difficult to guard against, and
1: yeah, but if you it, if you got him involved in something else that he valued, and something that that's virtuous, and something that you know that expect to service and all the stuff we normally talk about, but it's a, kind of a different way of f- framing it, right? Well, I don't know. I'm getting very concerned. Yeah, I, part of me,
2: I have friends that are Muslim, and some that are very angry that there's not more of an outpouring of explanation. This is what we believe, and condemnation. I think there's there's a fear amongst many. Sincere Muslims, if they speak out against this type well, of thing, they're going to be targeted. Well, that's so, ridiculous.
1: That's, that's that's what they need to do more because they have a PR problem. Right. You know, they have a PR problem. And uh, I, I just think that they should be more heartbroken than anybody because it's something that they hold dear is being bastardized and used as this horrible instrument of, of destruction. Right. They should be more hurt than anybody. The Muslims right and, and they lack. should speak up about that
2: right they should but again look at the leadership I mean it's, it's do you agree with Trump which I don't agree with this don't let Muslims it seems like it's, I, it's a just, black and white just, Nothing is his black
1: thing white. is I just got to figure this out <laughs> uh, I, and that's it, what I'm trying to do right now I, right. and I have no power to do anything but if I were if I were trying to be president, I go let everything stand still while I figure talk to my leaders or whatever I, I don't know yeah. if he wants everything to freeze for a few months freeze everything I, I thought solve this I don't care Obama was to freeze everything. Just, I, freeze it. Let's just freeze everything. Right. Freeze air trouble. I don't give a shit. Just solve this problem. Right. You know what I mean? Right.
2: Um, and But I was there when you had your uh, HLN show with the Muslim community that came in. And I think there was a lot of, uh, there were a lot of, what interested me was the difference. There were so many different opinions on what, even in that community, what you yeah, had done with yeah. the situation. Yeah. I was surprised. That's
1: part of their problem. Yeah. They need to they need to figure out a unified and I've talked to some people that are very clear about it. They really they're very clear and they're very good about it. But they they now they then they got to get the PR out. They got to get people who understand that they're trying to address this, trying to do what they don't, you know, of course they don't support. Of course they don't support this. No. You know, so all right, well, that's, that's I think that's all I really... Susan, was there anything else you wanted to get into with this tragedy? And, and, and there's a whole LGBTQ... And, and, and by the way, I noticed this morning that the president did not mention gender when he talked about <laughs> equality. And I was like, you missed that one. But to be that as it may, uh, uh, it's a community that has been... This is well, what my thoughts on that were. It's a community that has been horribly punished for, for nothing. And now that punishment is going to come not just from within, but without... Yeah, absolutely. And it makes the within look a little better. Like maybe we're okay here. We're, we're not so bad in terms of how we embrace people with differing whatevers. But now the threat's coming from without. And the question is, do we have the intestinal fortitude to protect protect against that? I, I hope so. All right. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm getting text here while I'm trying to. <laughs> On call today? No, the, this thing, this what we're just oh, talking sure about you. is creating all this demand. Yeah, great.
0: Can yeah. I say something that I was thinking when you guys were talking? I grew up Catholic, and there was no tie between my Catholicism in the 60s and early 70s, my family. We were Catholic. That was our faith. My dad was a Democrat. That was his politics it was very separate people didn't mix religion and politics together like we do now in this very dangerous stew Mm -hmm. so that so that faith is lost in that because i think religion is good i don't choose to have it in my own life but i think religion is a great thing but when it gets mixed with politics which it has in the united states and now in the middle east when it gets mixed with politics it's a dangerous deadly combination and I don't think this is going to be. I see. I don't like the ISIS angle of this. I I predict. I, prog, I prognosticate. There will be a killing at a Trump rally before November.
1: It might be him. Yeah, that's that, what I was. Yeah.
0: There's no doubt in and my it's, mind. And I'm not saying anything anger... other than that
1: scares me. Either of the candidates could get killed. I, I I I the whole as soon as Obama was elected, I thought, oh please, please, nobody came here, please. Oh, no. God. Thank God. Yeah. Yeah, almost. Uh,
0: you it. know what I'm saying? This thing is getting to a boiling point. There's no there's no separation of of church and state. There's no separation. Of, there's no respect. I try to be respectful. I don't like Hillary I don't like Hillary, and I think Trump is a nutcase. <laughs> so wh- who do I vote for, this this, this, Gary this libertarian guy? Yeah. Is, is that who we're going to vote for? I might vote for this libertarian guy. Well, he's a pot smoker. the so. cooler heads will prevail. But, but, I don't even know his name. Uh, Drew, I don't even know the name of the guy I'm going to vote for president for.
1: <laughs> yep. That's how crazy it's become. I'm with you on that. I'm the same way.
0: But do you agree, Drew? Because it happened, at Bruce, Drew, it happened in our lifetime. Religion was what we practiced. Your politic was something separate. It was Jimmy Carter who sewed those two things together.
1: Mm. Mm. It's been around together in some form or another for a long time. But
0: Well, historically for hundreds of years it had. But in America, it had been pretty respectful.
1: I will tell you the one thing that concerns. Well, one thing, another thing that concerns me is that usually when people look back at major historical problems, they always go, "Why didn't they do something? Why? How did? Didn't they know what was happening?" And it feels like we're in the middle of one of those times. Yeah, you know. When, yeah, I
0: think America. I think what they what I think what we're going to see. Hundreds of years from now, I know you, that's how you think. I've known you so long. I think hundreds of years from now, people are going to study the United States and say, when they got too big, <laughs> why didn't they separate it?
1: Oh, oh my God that that is the that is the Muslim Muslim extremist goal. They want to separate it into us into fifty countries.
0: No, I'm talking that, that about was, that was that was the Western. I'm just the Western you, United States and the Eastern wow, United States.
1: That was Osama bin Laden's goal. That's what he wanted. He thought it was too big and powerful, he wanted to break it up into a bunch of different regions. So anyway.
0: Well, he and I have something in common because I think that it's, it's I do believe it's too divisive. All
1: right, well let's let's get off. So how- okay, we're going to take a little break, Bob. we to hold on a second cuz I want to get over to the print stuff cuz we got a lot to talk about there. Uh, a lot of emails, a lot of calls, opiates are on people's mind now, Suboxone, yes or no, Bruce is under assault for being an advocate and I'll further that assault in just a minute. We'll take a little break we'll be right back. <laughs> I'm getting involved with the advisory board on an organization called Heal, H-E-A-L, and they have an app. It's called Heal App, H-E-A-L, and these guys promise a physician at your home within two hours, and it is $99 all in, and most insurances cover it. These physicians are carefully selected by our team. They are all board certified, so we can vouch for them, and everyone we know that has used this product is just beside themselves happy. Do not go to an ER. Do not go to an urgent care. If you're in a city covered by Heal, click Heal, $99. Someone will be there. And people don't understand that what you really want is just a physician to use their judgment to tell you what this is. Is it serious? Is it not? The treatments are often simple. There is just simply today, unless there's a real emergency. No reason to go to the ER. And I would suggest even going to an urgent care when you're feeling bad need help. Why do that? And by the way, that's much more expensive. It sounds too good to be true. It is not. This is an opportunity. Check out the Heal app. Hey, we're back at This live Podcast. Bruce Heishopper is our guest. And um, let's let's start with some emails, right? And, and then we'll go to the, the Suboxone thing. And, and again, to, just for clarity's sake, I, I don't, you know, this, the fact that there's religious fervor around anything makes right. me very frightened. And the enthusiasm for Suboxone is insane. You know, it's going to solve everything. No, 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 no. I'm not experiencing that enthusiasm. <laughs> well, I must be in a pocket. Well, of- but you, I, you, National Student Drug Abuse and uh, the Drug Agency and Michael Child. they have been really like we're going to. You haven't seen that new that new, all those headlines. It's it's insane that only 20, ten thousand doctors are certified. We need fifty thousand certified. That's all Suboxone. Right. That's all to give Suboxone. We need them certified to give Suboxone. Is what the 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 uh, government is saying. And I'm saying, oh, slow your roller, buddy. That the enthusiasm for suboxone is excessive. It has a place for sure. And when the yeah, so I have so
2: many opinions on this, which I only with so many people. If they get more people prescribing it, one of the problems is there are not requirements that go along with it. Counseling. Yeah, uh, structure meeting no, attendance. Right, it's uh, Right, but the, the, you have the DEA and you have Health and Human Services have been at odds for such a long time, and so I think a, a very spirited um, sort of attack on DEA and law enforcement approach to substance abuse is what's going on, and I, I think they don't really expect there to be uh, sort of get the DEA giving up and allowing all these practices. they're saying what we want 500
1: patients per suboxone approved yeah, doctor yeah. I don't think that's going to happen well it's kind of crazy frankly uh, I, I couldn't manage 20 you know you're talking about opiate addicts right, yeah. I have about 50 right now alright we'll, we'll get into that right. in just a second 20 opiate addicts under any conditions is a handful you know what I mean if you're ongoing dealing with them because shit goes down with them right shit goes down uh, now, maybe it's better in Zamoxone than abstinence, and that's something we can argue back and forth about. It's safer, probably, probably. Oh, it's a, I think it's absolutely, absolutely safer, well, and probably. we can go into that too. But again, it's not
2: me. My 50 patients, have. we have a therapist, yeah, it's case management, exactly. meeting requirements, drug testing requirements, and there is oversight that what concerns me, the government programs, the Medi-Cal, Medicaid reimbursement doesn't require
1: in fact, it only allows for so much treatment. Well, not only that, the the people that would be prescribing the Suboxone have no understanding of addiction. How about that guy in Northern California that was muling Suboxone to the to Minnesota? He put his son with a backpack full of Suboxone and muled it to Minnesota. So what? So the guy from California without a license but with certification can supervise the guy with a license in Minnesota but no certification on how to give Suboxone muled by his son? You don't think that was insane? Well, I don't know all You're the, details about now. the details there. The details, no, work. no,
2: no. I've read an article in, in the stack of articles I always carry around a, a bunch of articles I never get around to. But I've read these, and he wrote an excellent article. He seems to be a suboxone, it's one of the pioneers in using suboxone. In the article I have, he's, he's talking about using it for uh, or hey. methods of. Managing pain patients, surgery. Well, okay, so that's what so I want. This wanted guy to, seems to have
1: ex- he, no. He had lots of experience, it, right? but he's he's not just an apologist. He's an excessive enthusiast. Okay, but be that as it may, it clearly doesn't understand addiction. But okay, and maybe for the chronic pain non-addicted patient, maybe he's the guy. You know, that's a different what I think the population we're seeing a lot of now is the and Bob, I'll get you in on this one. Don't you think seeing a lot more of these opioid dependent, non addicted chronic pain patients? Right. In other words, they don't have the biology and the genetics of addiction. They have dependency. They look like addicts when they're in that pain pursuit cycle. But when if we get them off stuff long enough, they probably would do okay. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, ASAM criteria, when it first came up in the 90s, they started... Remember, they had that term for that population called pseudo-addicts.
1: It, it, uh, th- yes, they did, and that was kind of a catchback term, but, but yeah, I, I'm not ready to call them a pseudo-addict. But I
0: know, I know a pseudo-addict when I meet one, and I know who Bruce could serve well with right. that Suboxone, Yes, and I know that 90% of the people you're giving it to are not those people.
1: Okay, all right, all right, so... Put Bob back on hold with that polemic. <laughs> so he may be, may or may not be right. I don't know the answer to that because okay, no one so really looked at this.
2: For just people listening, pseudo addiction to me, yeah. the definition is an individual that's, that has real pain. Yep and they're increasing. Their, they're getting meds from a doc, and yes. they're increasing their use of the narcotic. And they
1: start to behave like an addict. They start to divert. They start to look different. They start to, you know... They, they so, start to behave, but yeah, for all intents and purposes, they don't meet criteria for addiction. Well, most importantly, they don't go back after you get them off, necessarily. Uh, right. But, but here's the deal. There's zero clinical evidence that opioids are an effective treatment for chronic pain. Exactly. Zero. Right. It'd be the same as me saying... Well, here's this hypertensive medication. doesn't work. Zero evidence that it works. Let's figure out how to use it. Right. It's so the same thing. Absolutely. Okay, so that's insanity, right? That's insanity. Okay, so I'm not saying that people shouldn't get their opiates if they're controlled and it works for them and blah, blah, blah. What I'm saying is the vast, vast, vast majority, it's not going to work because there's no evidence that it works. So right. Let me read you an email. This is from somebody. uh says, We're sick to death of you labeling all patients as drug addicts when some celebrity ODs, which I don't do. The reality is, without any available medical treatment, most pain patients don't abuse drugs. So let me just address that: most pain patients don't abuse drugs. I uh, think you have to
2: select out what my, uh, you mean by Bruce, pain patients. Bruce,
1: we represent five percent of the world's population. We consume eighty percent of the opiates, uh, right? He and tried. most of them are physician prescribed. So if pain oh, if pain patients aren't getting them, who the fuck is getting them? No, and eighty percent of heroin addicts today started with pain meds. I, I absolutely that, I believe that's that's not it's that's not at all surprising to me. And the big problem again in all of this is us yes. physicians. Those heroin addicts should have been called in and sent to treatment. Instead, they're cut off.
2: Yes. That's and, terrible. and the the legal system I've read some of the in uh, criteria for when you when you go to jail in Washington DC you're tapered off
1: methadone methadone's a whole other argument well why here. aren't we as enthusiastic about methadone as we are about suboxone it's the same thing well, no, it's not the same thing. it has a different safety profile
2: is same. same philosophy' it's same philosophy, but it's because it's tinged it's its reputation has
1: been marred by so why aren't we as physicians getting as enthusiastic about methanol we, we are can't prescribe it first of all, all right okay That's it's fair federal it's a federal offense to okay. prescribe methadone. and it, and it. it ruins people's lives <laughs> if you 're on enough to suppress your opiate use you're on the couch right so right. it doesn't it's not a good yeah, anyway. Uh, here's this, this email again. Never once have I taken more than two pills a day for 10 years. So good. Keep your medicine. That's somebody who needs it. Don't get high and survive. 36 operations, including cervical spine, blah, blah, blah. Uh, as for the rapist, I don't know what that's all about. Unless well, the kid at Stanford. Okay, but again, chronic pain syndrome versus someone with a physiologic cause for pain. Chronic pain syndrome, you, you no, don't have. No, yes, you do. Yes, you do. You just, you just the pain is amplified. The pain is the, the you don't have the degree of pain. All right. What's well, that article saying? Uh, Let's see it. So, yeah, there's chronic pain syndrome. It tells you just coincidentally what it is. That's well, this is about sublegal buprenorphine.
2: Right, but as a definition of chronic pain syndrome. So, uh,
1: CPS chronic pain syndrome. Longstanding localized diffuse complaints of discomfort and pain that have persisted beyond the expected healing time. There's nothing there, really, the reality. It's persisted beyond the expected right. healing time. If resulting from injury. Right. So, uh, And have resisted more conservative than traditional. It doesn't say whether there's something there or not there. It just believe me, most of the time is something there. Because here is what happens: you don't have the experience, Bob, and I have. Bob, uh, correct me if I am wrong. What happens towards the end of our run running a program? What 80, 90 percent of our patients were chronic pain patients on excessive opiates? Would you say
0: in the law lo- in the Nash House?
1: No, no. Back towards the end of when we were dealing, you know, at Los has a lot of large majority of the patients pain patients on Yeah,
0: and workers and workers comp and that all those whole secondary game right. too. All
1: right what would ha- what would the patient say when they came in the hospital and I asked them on a scale of 10 how big is your pain they, they
0: all have an 8 or 9 or a 10 No
1: no no none of them have 8 or 9 or a 10 11 Yes they huh? all say they Eleven. all they all say 15 or 20 right, they right. say 15 to 20 all of them they all say that.
0: If they're smart, if they're smart they say 8 or 9. Well,
1: <laughs> <laughs> then we take we take them off the opiates. We put them on only Toradol, no other treatment. 1 or 2. 1 or 2 what? That's portal. their pain level
2: when they're on four or five opioid-induced four, hyperalgesia. Four, four or five, and it's shocking to to most, yeah. un- unless they have a personality disorder and they are strictly there for the drugs and
1: they're not telling you honestly what's going on. Well, they're, yeah, they're just right. but but most of the time they, they. But and the other thing, the other striking thing is they when they come in, the pain is all they can talk about. They right. perseverate on it. Two weeks after getting on opiates, they must be prompted to discuss their pain. Right, which is. I mean, so abstinence based, but just talking based.
2: about All right, right. So, so that's abstinence treatment. Put Bob on hold again for getting that. Background so, noise. and I would say, see, I have a individualized treatment plan for patients. Uh, bah, 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 bah. So, so, go
1: where you're we going, abstinence versus Suboxone. Go ahead, okay. So,
2: well, a young person early on in their opiate abuse or addiction, yep. Yep. I always try, I try abstinence based first, sure. Somebody that obviously, and to so the extremes, an older individual, long term heroin. abuse, I resources and encourage them. Oh, yeah, no family and whatever. Of course, that's a Suboxone patient. Right, but someone with chronic pain, there are chronic pain patients that have an addictive disorder history and those those that that don't. don't. That's right. Those that do, um, those that don't or do. What interests me about Suboxone, it tends to, Actually, reverse
1: opioid-induced hyperalgesia. Just well, you mean, this on is what I wanted, This receptor. is what
2: you said last time you were here.
1: You said that before. You said it's a perfect treatment for chronic pain and opioid excess. Yeah, I,
2: perfect. I sound like one of the
1: people well, with but, only but accolades well, for what, it, but. My question then is, why aren't we treating pain with suboxone?
2: Well, in my it, and I won't say what system I'm in, but there's a no. no, forget
1: the, but why isn't that li- literature out there? Why is no oh, is, one? I have literature here treating suboxone initially for pain. Initially, oh, I, for I think pain? that goes back to
2: drug companies putting money into, uh, you know,
1: from the 90s, OxyContin and dude, the only the only drug company right now investing in marketing opiates is Suboxone. No, they're I, the I ones. But where did this come marketing. from?
2: I, I think the reason we don't start with Suboxone is lack of experience. Okay, so you when think you look- we could start with Suboxone. Oh, I think for chronic pain patients, I think we it should makes- start there.
1: Okay, so that's that's the one. That's the to me that's the dividing line. If you could say to me that's going to treat effectively pain that's likely to be chronic. And by the way, I have another theory. You're going to love this. Reflex sympathetic dystrophy, RSD. Right. I think that's opiate induced. I believe every patient I've ever seen with RSD is on opiates. And I've, I've, I've tested a little bit, taking those patients just off opiates. RSD is supposed to that's be a fascinating. Go- yeah, and it's go- very poorly. It understood. goes away. It goes away right, when you right. an opiates, and it's it's
2: probably spinal cord level so, disorder, so, which is where your cap receptors are. Which makes exactly you're making sense. why yeah.
1: wouldn't that happen? I mean, uh, when I take an opiate, I feel a weird and shitty in all kinds of ways. I mean, there's tons this, of ways. That's true. I haven't read that. You should be it's in not, research. It's not RSD. it's We're just, not out there because yeah. everyone gets freaked out when you say something's caused by an opiate, but RSD is caused that, by opiate. and We just had a patient like that in pain committee. But but the point is though, I don't think that suboxone would be good for that. You get them off everything. I have a very complicated chronic pain patient who I finally got off opiates. Her RSD went away. And she had the full center with the edema and the whole thing. Wow. Yeah. And, and the bone changes, everything. She forgets that she has that problem now. Well,
2: she be being researched. And she it was a preoccupation. Write it up as a case study. i would be very interested in the response. Uh, to me, there's such a buy. Bi- it's, it's become a political hot potato. Which is insane. Right. So the things I was mentioning earlier. Why is
1: it not the same in hypertension? Or, or antibiotics. I mean, wow. what
2: Sex, drugs, and rock and roll. <laughs> I'm just saying.
1: I'm just saying. That makes me insane. Okay,
2: but just the things I started mentioning before we got on the air, yeah. air whatever, air, doing a podcast and you said well wait but suboxone what interested me that i hadn't learned in the suboxone course until i started reading the literature about its lack of a f- suppression of the immune system yeah yeah that's uh, as opposed to methadone la- as opposed to any, oh, opi- any of the opiates yeah, yeah. A lack of uh it doesn't block testosterone the same way it doesn't yeah. block the, high, the pituitary adrenal yeah. access no i understand it's access, better it's an improvement I, respiratory
1: I depression issues it's an em- cetera, well so. have you ever had a disaster during induction Induction is the initial part of treating the suboxone. Well, I've, I've had it if seen they terrible. don't tell you they're on benzos or if they drink on the side. Oh, an opiate addict taking benzos. What? Uh,
2: huh? Right. Well, right.
1: None of mine don't take benzos. Right. <laughs> so, right. But so, they could have. But the
2: same thing if they're taking opiates, they just I'm don't just saying, realize
1: how potent. It's twenty to forty-five times as potent as morphine. I've just seen some terrible induction problems. Right. Like aspirations and mm. ventilators and the whole thing. So it's not without its own risks. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah. I've just. I've not seen that. Not. Maybe. I haven't seen. I probably. You probably done more inductions than I have, no, so. no, I have other people do it because oh. uh, i the the reason I didn't get into some oxone at all was i- I found I couldn't run the unit if there was an opiate on the unit it's like the, Bob helped me on with this one now uh what was it like when an opiate was available even i I had a big sign on my unit no benzos, no opiates allowed in the nursing station. What would happen if one of those medicines were in the in the nursing station bob
0: it just seems like
1: Oh, he's breaking! Up. He's breaking! Up. So well, it would, it would get chaotic. They would all, they would just start. They would start. But vibrating. one of my pet peeves, right? And, and then if one person got it, then it was like, oh it? why do they get it? I don't get it. How do they? Get it? And that's all they can talk about. You can't run a group. You cannot run a group because that's all they want to just. They get it, hostile and aggressive, and that's all they will talk about.
2: I couldn't run a program. Yeah, I couldn't do so it. So then, so my one of my issues with my patients—they go to an AA meet. If somebody finds out they're on Suboxone, it's like, oh, you're not sober. And well, I, that's different.
1: That's a different thing. Our thing was he gets that, and I don't. Why don't I get it? Why don't I get it? Why don't I get it? And and they, and, they, and he, he was special. He gets get special for- treatment. I just say go to a different part of the hospital. <laughs> right. If you want Suboxone, go to the second floor. That's it. Fine. Go get Is this it for that's- detox, for pain, or for maintenance. I can't have it on the unit. I couldn't have it on the unit. A benzo or an opiate. I couldn't run the damn because most units aren't set up to do the kind of aggressive treatment we were doing okay. with with that sick of patients we were doing. Right, and, and we we had a we had Camelot. We we had a great 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 thing going on. We are hearing that uh, Bob Forrest is is landing. He's approach. He's on the approach. So we're going <laughs> to give him just a second to walk in the front door here. So we'll take a little break Be right back. <laughs> All conversations and information exchanged during participation in the This Life with Dr. Drew and Bob Forrest podcast or interaction with drdrew.com website is intended for educational and entertainment purposes only. Do not confuse this with treatment or medical advice or direction per se. Nothing on these podcasts or posted on this site supplements or supersedes the relationship and direction of your medical caretakers. Although Dr. Drew is a licensed physician with specialty board certifications by the American Board of Internal Medicine and the American Board of Addiction Medicine, he is not functioning as physician in this environment. The same applies to any professionals who may appear on the sites or podcasts. So we are back at this live podcast. Bruce Highshober, Dr. Spaz, is our is our special guest today. Bob is still landing. We're still getting him getting him landed here. But uh, you said you had something you want to talk about there. Very quickly, they want to get back to the Prince case and really get into the weeds of Prince. What we think about that? Okay, I can't remember what I was going to. You said something about Corey Moncrief.
2: Well, I, right the um, the article was talking about. How addiction medicine killed Corey Moncrief, and they were this was what I see in the media. It's with celebrity uh, issues, either with medication assisted therapy, whether it's Suboxone or Methadone, either a very strong bias for it or against it. That's, yes, that's again, true. one of the problems. That's and, true. And I and I think you would when I said I want to talk about. It, I think you'd see me as somebody for without it. us talking further. Then yeah. I'm I'm really adamantly for it. Yeah. And yet, I'm just looking for this. It's just like with what we're talking
1: about in politics. I, I would like something that's middle of the road, yes. that's
2: patient-oriented.
1: Well, I know you, so I know I can trust your judgment stuff, and that's why I'm interested in talking to you about it. If I, if I just thought you were an evangelist for that product, I'd be like, ugh. No, it's, I mean, it's real world-based. I just got called. I was in the
2: ER, but I got called by the addictions unit yesterday, a 22-year-old that had been detoxed on Suboxone, put in residential treatment, yeah. and relapsed immediately. Of course. And had wanted Suboxone therapy. Mm. And there are other... Underlying psychiatric issues, but okay, uh, and then
1: uh, but you know what we need Bruce. Here's what the, what's missing. You we need criteria to determine how to select those patients because in my head I go, well, what are the psych issues? How do we know if the psych issues are serious enough to need suboxone? There's no guidelines. I was going to
2: suggest just a, a, a no, an, op- an open-minded approach by maybe a committee, but, but guidelines are absolutely right. But a, what I've guidelines. experienced, patients, doctors that say to me, I am, I am anti-suboxone, yeah and then other doctors that do seem to be a little too much this is a magic pill yep, so that's right I had a, I had, a, I had a brittle bipolar patient and addicted to Kratom and Tramadol interesting, Ooh, interesting. Uh, there was
1: somebody who was a question about Tramadol in here Tramadol is an opiate don't mistake that it it's is an opiate a, wh- so
2: half of it looks like codeine the molecule yep. the other half looks like um, that's
1: another that, if you want to blame Pharma for something that's that one because effects- they, they, they marketed it as a non-addictive medication You right, right right there's no such thing as, as there will never be a non-addictive opiate or a non-addictive benzodiazepine.
2: It's almost worse because part of the molecule looks like a flexor, so you get the norepinephrine mm-hmm. stimulant, feel-good effect, and then the codeine. The other part looks like codeine, yeah. so it does. And then, the great, which you can buy in a head shop, is is again, it's related to the coffee plant. Mm-hmm. And, so I had a patient, bipolar. Uh, I wasn't around. Went to a doctor that doesn't believe in it and said, "This is terrible stuff. Taper in a week." Oh, okay, yeesh. so. Uh, Duly diagnosed in other words i think on a on an individual basis yes what the criteria would be mine would be multiple failed multiple attempts
1: at, at abstinence based yep. sobriety multiple multiple diagnoses right multiple diagnoses trauma no family support lack of resources all that stuff would yeah absolutely but but i would say that in that case it should have been inpatient if you if you want to get off your suboxone you need to do that at a hospital <laughs> period right or case. slow tape no but no <laughs> well see, in we, that case they, well but then we knew what have criteria That's there was no a,
2: there was no discussion of stopping or tapering this yeah. individual was stable for the first time in six months then uh two days ago i saw one 80 is 66 years old on 300 of morphine and mm. 100 of norco a day with real pain problems and when i presented that to a, another group of physicians in addiction medicine they went Oh, you can't use. I said, you know, th- she might do well in Suboxone because yeah. she has real pain. Yeah. She has a history of addictions and she's tapered down to this and much. She's 65? 65. 65 and wants to get off. She tapered down obese. to that much? She was on 6, 800 oh. a day more. So anyway, so the response to this committee was, you can't, we need to make it black and white Suboxone for pain or addictions. If you're using it for, we can't use it for pain. I said, this woman has an addiction
1: history. She wants and to get off pain, immediate. Yeah. And she's in pain. See, that's nope. the thing that drives, drives me and the Bob ignorant, crazy is that they, they everyone wants to put a value judgment on the right. disease of addiction or the disease of chronic pain, the disorder. Right. That's not a value. It's just a condition. It's just something that humans suffer from. It doesn't have anything to do with values uh, or religion or anything else. But
2: what frightens me is... is so physicians that would do no harm, what are you going to do with this woman that wants to get off the opiates and has real pain, just yep. has, needs another knee replacement? Well, they're, they're suggesting
1: abstinence space, but I'm not sure that's smart. Yes, I don't think that's smart yeah, at all for a right. 65-year-old woman with, with real pain Who's, issues. Who's, by the way, not motivated, not interested.
2: She was actually motivated to get off the morphine and Norco. And mm-hmm. saying, but what are you going to do about my pain? Is this is real pain. And talking to ortho, they're going, this woman has tremendous pain. She yeah. has bone on bone one side yeah. and a failed knee replacement on the other, and she's morbidly obese. Yeah. But So my I- issue with addiction yeah. medicine, I tend to see a polarization for and against.
1: and Which is bad. Right, bad absolutely. So Again, it, it suggests politics and religion rather than patient care. <laughs> it, absolutely, which is weird. Yeah, But anyway, let's go back to so Prince. Prince. So Prince. So Prince is... Strung on fentanyl. How do you think he he got? Now, let's read between the lines of the the report from the medical examiner. He says fentanyl, because it's Minnesota, you don't get to see the full toxicology report. What's the probability that on that tax college report there is a benzodiazepine? I was I was going to ask you if you knew something I didn't know. What, would, I, you, what to, would you guess? What I guess? Probability.
2: What I guess? A hundred and one percent Xanax. Okay, and, me too. Oh, that's right, so what I said yeah. the, when he first died. Okay. I said, oh.
1: "Okay, so hundred percent." We both have a hundred percent probability that there ninety nine percent. Let's leave right. some room for error. Ninety nine percent probability that this is an op- opioid and a benzo because that's how people stop breathing. Right. Period. End. That being said, the reason we're saying that is it's hard to overdose on an opiate unless you're shooting it. Agreed? It's hard to. Now, you can't. It's hard to. Snorting.
2: I've had as many patients die of overdose when they were snorting. By itself? With Xanax. Xanax. I know,
1: but with Xanax, it's easy. But with by itself. Oh, by itself, absolutely. Okay. I, I'm sorry. I so missed, so missed. that's why we're saying add the Xanax oh. in because it does. it's hard to overdose absolutely. on an opiate by itself. Right. Now, so we're going on the assumption that there's a benzo involved here, too. In this particular report, we are given the, the – yeah, thank you – report that there's fentanyl toxicity, which is an interesting terminology. That means, that means sufficiently high circulating levels of, to, of, of fentanyl to meet cr- toxic levels, right? Right. How do you get that much in your system? Shooting or snorting
2: or chewing or doing things that you shouldn't with a pad. I, I would assume that he had. Well, a That's patch. what
1: I said, and some of the guys said, "Oh no, I'm." A, was the guy's attorney actually. He said, "No, I'm seeing horrible problems now with sublingual and the and the squirt. Oh, the, okay. Uh, there's there's, there's a, lollipops. There's sublingual right. There's a sublingual tab and a sublingual squirt. Right,
2: Absolutely, which is that's fairly recent. It is a addition recent to there's an
1: article in the New York Times just now that they're they're finding that company for the way they market it. Thank right. God. I would still argue. That's hard to overdose, even with those kinds of delivery systems. Yes. Okay. Uh, so, so we have this this conundrum. And what do you think happened in the elevator? What's your What's your surmise of how that went down? I mean, why did he die in the elevator?
2: Uh, he was going for help. He was, I don't know, he was going to eat or something, right? Right. Right. He was going to
1: eat. He was so loaded that he fell down and couldn't get up, and then just stopped breathing. Right. Right. The, right. And he had he had the uh, the blood pooling in his periphery, and he had levito, what do they call that levito? Reticularis. Reticularis yeah. and, and he had rigor mortis. He had, all, he had everything. Six of, hours at least in that Six position, hours right. of death, yeah. So he had been lying in that elevator for a while, Ted.
2: Right. What What amazed me, and he went to an emergency room, which Got I know camp. my colleagues were, my God, you know, 5150 the guy. Yes. Which you, is They let him go. But this is where you especially
1: could speak to this problem of, of celebrity and substance That's insane. Disease. Don't yeah. treat them differently than anybody else. I don't care what the f is going on. As soon as you treat them differently, they're going to get bad care. Right. That's it. You're giving. You you are delivering bad care at the moment. You're impressed by them at the moment. Your judgment doesn't function normally, and certainly at the point at which you don't do what you normally do. Although he was said to be, he said, signed out uh, AMA, I believe. Right. So. so he's entitled. If he's not holdable, maybe he was evaluated for hold. We don't know. know. If he's not holdable, he's entitled to sign out against medical advice. Right. 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 So you can't hold a guy like that. So we have fentanyl toxicity. We have underweight. Why? What do you figure the 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 nature of his opioid problem was? I think, think it's,
2: it's a just a typical edit? chronic. Well, you know, I'm clouded by what I've been told about his past cocaine use, and but once he became a Jehovah, this is what I've heard, and became a Jehovah's Witness, had a moral imperative against substance abuse, and then didn't start using until the the hip problem and okay. the and the chronic pain. Then once so someone that has an addiction uh, propensity or history starts using. So, obese for pain, I think it's, it's, it's just on. a downhill. Is it possible
1: spiral? he was not an addict but a one of these dependent chronic pain patients that we were talking uh, I about? I don't think so. See, I think so. I do think so. Uh, and and I think it mostly because like all the addicts around go, this guy's not an addict because they don't sense the addiction in him so much. I think what it is is the trauma. He was severe really, childhood right. trauma. Absolutely. And so what what percentage of chronic pain patients are trauma survivors? I think majority. Ninety six percent. So the trauma is what sets up the dysfunction. The insula cortex, which is where the problem is, the insula cortex for everybody, is the part of the brain that that registers the what we call the 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 valence, the af- affective valence, the misery component of pain, and that's the part that's going insane when people are not functioning normally when people have chronic pain, and that's the part that opiates make worse, and Absolutely. so and trauma patients are prone to this, and so I think you have a hip procedure. They gave him opiates for too long. Special opiates because he's a special guy. Game on, game right. On now, right? But you don't think he would meet criteria for addictive disorder? I don't know until until I saw him off opiates. That's right. my point. I okay. see I think I, I don't really re- well. I look at two things. How do what do, what do other addicts call it? Because they have a nose for it. That's uncanny. And then and, and sometimes they'll miss it when it's just a moderate gen- a mild genetic burden. But if it's even a moderate genetic potential, they they see it. Uh, versus that, I look at that, I look at how much is he heading back to the drugs, how, how much is he cooperating with treatment, how much is he better just detoxing, right? Right, some people are just better, they're like relief, right? Well, I, and I think for people listening,
2: one of the things that I really uh, affected my practice was honing in on uh, prescribing Narcan and informing people. Uh, California is one of the, I think, 12 or more, 14 states where you can buy Narcan, the reversal agent. And I had a patient whose life
1: was saved by his sister yesterday. Absolutely wonderful. And, and went to treatment. Both. Wow. And then it took three injections of Narcan well maybe I, I should start prescribing more because I I've wondered people. about that because I, I, I've always seen it go back with one she's right. to get so, it three so a lot
2: of people say well what's that so Narcan's the stuff that you squirt it in the nose or down the throat or IM into you the muscle it and it in. reverses opiates completely yep. so instantly you could buy it in CV I called CVS and they said well we're getting it and yeah it's available you can just walk in and buy it anybody that it is, is uh, the fact that there's resistances
1: to it is bizarre to me yeah
2: uh, well it's, I think it's the
1: legalistic approach to it it's, it's, it's almost uh, the moralistic again the moralistic. moralism. Them. Right, we you can't save the life of an opiate addict. Why not? Yeah, yeah, it's so weird. But if you have a loved one that has a drug problem, that even keep chronic the pain in your keep pocket, it, keep, keep it available. in your pocket. Yeah, even chronic pain if they're on a benzo. What oh do we? My God, yeah. What do we do with the chronic pain patients on the benzos? Stop the benzos, and but again, benzos. The stuff I'm reading on that, the changes,
2: the theory that you have changed the receptors even after just a few weeks, the shape of the receptor. I I and I know. I'm know. I'm looking at studies where they give her one time IV that's to a, reshape that's a, that's the a, that's receptor. It's a, a benzo reversal agent.
1: Yeah, I don't know if that does anything. <laughs> I, I've, I've seen po- them. Do you but, remember that whole business when they were going to shock the 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 that the rapid. The well, stimulant addicts. Remember the, the enthusiasm for that uh, BS they were giving stimulant addicts. Yeah, but I don't think that had... The, some of our some of our people we admired signed on to that. You remember that? Yeah, yeah, no, it was a disaster. But this has,
2: if anything, what this teaches people is that even taking benzos for short, Xanax, whatever, changes it is, your brain, changes your brain, changes yep. those receptors yep. sometimes permanently, and there's a real risk. So I I think the next thing right now we're looking at everybody with a hundred morphine milligram equivalents a day. Uh, in medical systems and there's a mandate to decrease the amount of morphine you give everybody no matter why they're getting it unless they're cancer patients. Well, also because there's no evidence
1: it works. That's the whole thing. It doesn't work. It makes makes things worse. Otherwise, we would use it. Right. But the benzo thing is massive. And by the way, all the Suboxone prescribers, clonopin on the heels of that, that is very, it's a a black box warning against clonopin, And yet they always do it. Yeah.
2: Well, I I I work with psychiatrists. If you have a patient with severe social phobia, general anxiety <laughs> disorder, they know they're on Suboxone, and they walk into my office and they're like, "Oh, I got this prescription, and they're on no. Xanax, two no. milligrams Hello. a day." Oh Jesus! Would you rather have someone on Clonopin or Xanax?
1: Norantin. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. There you go. Uh, should I do some more emails? Okay. Let's get some more emails here. Our producer. Are we entertaining Susan's. you, producer Susan? Your my six-year-old mother is addicted to methadone things are very bad she got on a plane to baltimore i need help she's in a hotel there we are from baltimore so she knows people i'm her daughter please get help 6 year old on methadone for what though for, I, I think for, it's addiction
2: for methadone maintenance though how would you handle a methadone maintenance person that's in their 60s have i would, have leave, her it. Own problem. I would right.
1: leave it because the withdrawal is six months right i'm horrible oh it is hard i mean she was let's put it this way Again, it's a case by case thing. If she were if she were super motivated and all over it and ready to go ahead and resource to spend some time, Bobby, we're talking about a methadone addict, a sixty year old methadone addict. What to do with it?
3: I've been listening to you guys. I realize nobody's going to listen to doctors talking about solutions that doctors caused.
1: Well, we're you the, know we're, what I mean. We didn't cause it,
3: but doctors yeah. did. And you're talking in that way. I just came from a group of four hundred parents whose yeah. kids have, are on drugs, dead of drugs. Yeah. They don't want to hear this stuff. They want to have solutions. They want answers. That's
1: the you know what we're struggling with.
3: Well, what do you suggest? The, well, there was a solution. It got lost in the Suboxone Marijuana argument. maintenance? Is that? No, no, no. AA. That's- 12-step absence-based treatment. Well, of course. Why is it not? Why is it being replaced by harm reduction? It's not. Boutique I think, I think, hotels? I think you missed. Yeah, it is. No,
1: no Bobby, I think you missed what Bruce was saying. There's a gigantic pushback in the other direction. Gigantic. Well, what I you-
3: wouldn't trust it because it's all for profit. $30 mm. billion dollars got spent on treatment last year, and it's very ineffective mm-hmm. for this population of millennials because it just gives them whatever they want. Parents, you need to unite with the 12-step community and trustworthy recovery uh, uh and socia- social models to start standing up to these kids no you don't get to go and we have to be able to be willing to allow them to go into the streets and that's what parents are not a- willing uh, to do. how about
1: my models of virtue and, and and values and you know faith and all that kind of try to really get something going again
3: we need a res- we need you know i i hate to say it i know i'm the token liberal around here but bernie saunders tapped into something
1: yeah people are wanting something
3: it's easy to understand what 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 Trump tapped into hate is hate. It's always easy to stir up. In the Nurbank Giles they Bob, talked about Bob, how easy it you're, is. You're to right. Stir up.
1: It's, it's it's scapegoating is what he's using. But but forget the scapegoating. It's the because I, I I to me I want to thump some Trump supporters. I want to like understand them and dissect them and take them apart. And they all say the same thing: work, money. All They're of them. fed up. Well, they they want economic. They want. So
3: do the kids on the Bernie side. They're fed up. They're only 20 years old but and they're fed up.
1: But they want, they want a meaningful life and they want meaningful work available to them and they want to see vibrance and growth well, and those we things. Well, we need to
3: accept who's to blame and it's Clinton and Reagan, equal. NAFTA, which is what Trump's big statement is, NAFTA got rid of whatever jobs Reagan didn't run out of the country or allowed to leave you know, the country.
1: The, the original theorist on capitalism, Adam Smith felt that international economy was essential to the growth of the entire system so you know all the way back to the 17th 18th century the, I, I think what's happened is it's gone too far and it's come back I think bottom line we've gone way too far it, it's not so easy Bernie's trying to he's trying to tap into my wallet that's the problem, I have. <laughs>
3: right listen if you haven't formed an LLC that's your problem
2: ah.
3: <laughs> I think they
2: should make Bernie <laughs> Saunders run with Trump and figure work. Put him in a room, I saw make him them as
3: coming out. together as a real power broker. Yeah. How could you, how could, how could Trump win w- without, without the conservative Republicans and how could Bernie win with, them, with his them little, together they're know, both anti-establishment yeah section. they join together but you
2: have to block them in a room they have to come out with a solution but really uh, the
3: the anger and frustration I'm more focused on is in the addiction treatment population right. the well, you, you,
1: you mentioned that every right week. Let, let me chal- <laughs> let me ask well, you something okay
2: if it's a medical problem and you have a response it's like I treat patients with the same uh you know excitement about recovery 12-step sobriety.
3: But and I don't if think on they should be going to a doctor asking about that. In 1983 oh. Oh. or 84, when I was going to doctors like you guys, yeah. you would kick me out Addiction of your medicine? office. Cause no, I'm so, in, so he's right. I, I, I That's the truth. No, I was there. I wasn't all allowed this. in doctors' offices. So, so hold, hold on, hold on, hold on. All of a sudden, hold 19-year-old hold kids on. are being treated. Slow okay, your You know roll. what I'm talking about. The, the history
1: about. is. The I don't his, know what he's talking about. The history is because I was there. The history is psychiatry ruled addiction treatment and did essentially what's happening right now, and so the recovery community lost all faith and trust in medical providers and went. We are if you see a psychiatrist, we don't even want you in the twelve step community because they're going to they're going to kill you. They're going to mess you up. So it, it created this huge. That's why I got hired. You don't know this. I got hired as an internist because I wasn't a psychiatrist. I could run a program that the psychiatrists weren't jealous of me and the and the twelve step community kind of accepted me. That's how I got Oh my, yeah no I'm talking career you don't even know this Bob. that's how I got the job But I'm talking and about
3: I'm talking about an overeager medical professional right. to prescribe I, I,
1: opiates to kids Oh well, please don't even go right, Here's the deal we have Why to wrap not this go up. there? Because we have to wrap this up. <laughs> That's a separate podcast. We, have to, we, we, got, we, got, we got a couple of minutes. I'm just, my, I'm just getting my claws so out. My producer has told me to hook the story oh to my Prince. God. So. Yeah, yeah, no,
3: I get it. But 19-year-olds were not... When I was 19, I was stoned on pot. I had puka shells and long hair. If I walked into one of your guys' offices saying my back ache, you'd go, tough shit. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's the truth of it. Yeah. And now, 35 years later, like, oh, this we right need now. Suboxone. We need this drug, this drug, this drug. America's tired of drug solutions to drug problems.
2: Well, I think it's more complicated than yeah, that. I think I the solution, if, if somebody that's going of When kind your bends- kid's
3: dead, you're not laughing.
2: No crosstalk. Quit interrupting when me. When your kid's dead, that you're not laughing. I know. Okay. okay. So, if, somebody, if we find out that benzos or opiates affect receptors, so there's a biologic uh, effect on the, the brain. On the brain. There may need to be a medical solution to that problem. It doesn't mean you don't go to meetings or remain sober. So with benzos, uh,
1: Bob and I would argue that you learn to live with your new brain system. Uh, But it may not be... that's why you have... It may be It's intolerable,
3: but to his defense, it's intolerable to millennials because they've never been allowed to hurt at all, ever, for anything.
4: Mm.
3: So we've got a perfect storm here. And we can be philosophical, but I just met two moms whose kids are dead at 22 and 20 years old. It's very sad. And it's so effed up. Opioids But did
2: they try suboxone
3: Yeah all of them Try suboxone For how long All of them are on suboxone Well how long Until they died But were they working
2: <laughs> a pro- See I don't know how they died I have patients on suboxone Not all of them are I have a lot of opi- uh, uh, Dependent patients That are not on suboxone they go I'm not going to do this and, it, and I support that But they're, when patients Have multiple relapses And they're trying Working a program uh, Some of them Should be on suboxone That's all I'm saying I think there's a subset Why not just subset. on
3: maloxone Why does it have to be suboxone
1: Good point
2: Because the receptor the
1: endorphin system is changed such that even no when no, no. You're, you're diverting the question why not just put them on opioid blocker so they have no effect from opioids?
2: because it doesn't have the same effect in I neutralizing because they
3: don't it want work. it that's why they won't take it no, it doesn't work <laughs> doesn't, doesn't make <laughs> no. them happy. So
1: minimal effect on those no, receptors but, but, in terms but of let that. us then work on them on our abstinence treatments no, but I'm saying patients that have failed abstinence. No, Why? I'm saying put a sub under the under the arm, you know, naloxone thing that gives continuous. Yeah, That thing works the Day thing, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then let us work on their misery. Right, but I'm right. But I've had patients
2: where they were doing abstinence and I know, I yeah, know. So oh, uh, we have got to wrap this
1: up. Okay. okay. I know. This is the eternal the conundrum. <laughs> it's no question. It's but it's not gonna be much longer.
3: This, I just I know what the spirit of parents is. And they're sick of
1: this shit. All right, well I am too. So and so is Bruce. I mean, it's not like we're not all tired of what, what the way this is going. But be that as, well.
3: Let's get the one thing I wanted to talk about is patient satisfaction scales. <laughs> well, that right? he was the one the oh, patient oh, satisfaction scales that's are fucked. Bru- well, let's abolish them then. Well, uh, how do we go about? I can steer. You know what Bernie would do. With that? You know where that's say, coming from. Fuck because Obamacare.
1: That. Let me tell you something. Read the fifteen thousand pages. It's patient, coming from Obamacare, and right. he is going to lose his job because of it. I'm pointing at Bruce. He's going to lose his job because he doesn't pay attention to those. He's going to get fired. Well, now, wait a second. I'm not. That's what you told, you told <laughs> me there was a don't risk. fired him too I, a, There's
3: a
2: risk because I'm very pro-suboxone. I, I'm just a, saying. It, totally. But yeah, patient satisfaction
1: surveys are tied to you, reimbursement. It's, it's too late. Right. It's uh, That horse is out of the yeah, barn. it's gone. Because the, in, the national infrastructure requires it. You would have to go to your federal government and revoke Obamacare right. and then redo it.
3: If all de- if all doctors united and objected to them, we don't would... seem capable oh, of yeah. doing
1: that ever on anything.
3: Well, then that's your guys' fault, fault.
1: We we are because we are no, we are codependent. We like to help people. We can get every
3: help. musician in the world to do all a benefit right. for we, Bernie Sanders. I can tell you we that. We got a
1: break. <laughs> It's been very interesting. We've covered a lot of interesting territory. You feel good, Bruce? You good with this? Oh, I want to come back again. Yeah. Because yeah. we covered a lot of yeah. stuff. I was listening a
3: lot. It was great. All
1: right. Be sure to look for us uh, at <laughs> thislifepodcast.com, also Dr. com. Please support the people that support Every. our podcast. Com. It's very important that we keep this thing going. We think this is a really cool little <laughs> thing we're doing. And Bruce, we'll spread the word on the Corolla Network. So those, all those guys will come. Those nudniks will come on over here. And uh, we will see you next time.
4: Independence makes no human sense Pestilence walking around Forgiveness Non-existent Just a cruel mess this Blood business You never know in a mind like mine How you your love Killing time You're getting high for a On every nation slaying similar faces. You never know in a mind like mine. How you love or killing time. You're getting high for a heart this cold. We can find forever, never grow. cold we can find forever never growing old it's wild